I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to episode number 17 of the Mizog Art Podcast. This week is a homeless special featuring Cafe Art and Geraldine Crimmins. What Cafe Art do every year is something really special. Round about August, they hand out 100 Fujifilm disposable cameras to homeless guys who they work with. Those guys, in turn, travel around London capturing images. They then hand the cameras back, Cafe Art develop the film, and pick 13 images which are the focus to their annual calendar. One for every month and one for the cover. As well as selling online, they also sell in Spitalfields Market, which is where I met up with Cafe Art. I'll first of all speak to Richard, who's one of their salespersons. He gives a little insight into what he does on a daily basis with Cafe Art. While we're talking, Paul comes along to join the stall, and he gives us a more in-depth understanding of what Cafe Art do as a group. The whole thing is only five or six minutes long. Then we go into a regular podcast with Geraldine Crimmins, Geraldine is also a salesperson for Cafe Art down at Spitalfields Market and she took over from James Gray as artist-in-residence at Old Diorama and it was Cafe Art who got her that residency there. Geraldine's life has been a bit up and down. She went from successful businesswoman to being a therapist, becoming an addict, which ultimately led her to losing everything and being homeless herself. But before you hear Geraldine's story... Come with me into Spitalfields Market, where I first speak to Richard and then Paul from Cafe Art. I'm just walking between the craft stalls of East London Spitalfields Market. I'm heading towards the store of Cafe Art. If you remember, Cafe Art sell calendars at this time of the year with the images captured on camera by the homeless. I'm just getting close by now, I'm just walking towards them. I'm heading towards a guy who's selling the calendars. Hey Richard, you right? Hello, hello. How are you good? Is Paul, is Paul about? He's just gone away for about five minutes, but he should be back. <laughs> testing, testing, one, two, three. Are you alright to talk to me about this? Yeah, I'm fine, yeah. And your input? Are we going live on radio? Oh, it's, it's not live, all it's right. all recorded. I've just come down to talk about this calendar. Okay. Um, it's called, well, do you want to explain? It's called My London. It's my London uh, calendar, or, well, basically, um, I'll tell you how it started for me. I, I'm, I've been on the streets for three years of London, um, and I uh, basically got involved because I, f- I, was, I, was in a home, uh, I was in a cafe one evening, and I met somebody who saw me drawing. He mentioned cafe art to me. I'd never heard of cafe art. I got in touch with cafe art. Uh, I was basically given a camera, and they said, would you like to take photographs for this calendar? And I said, well, I'll give it a go. This is 2016. One of my photographs was actually picked for the calendar of 2017 at my first attempt. Uh, I, before I was homeless, I was actually um, a salesman. I was a telesalesman. I'm quite reasonably, quite reasonably good at this. So I've been selling the calendar ever since. And this calendar has been running for about six or seven years. 
um, and we produce about 10,000 which we mainly sell in Spitalfields, but in various locations around London. You're featured on page three. I'm, I'm on page three, and it's just turned up now. Uh, Hi, Paul, you're and, right, uh, mate. How are yeah, you? Good to carry on. Good to see you. Yep. No, go on, you're cool. Yeah, carry on. Um, I didn't get in the, in the cal- calendar this year in terms of a photograph, but I did help when it came to the public vote when the uh, 3,000 or so images were actually submitted to the um, uh, Royal Photographic Society, who chose their 20. They, they were on show in the, in the uh, market for a week, all framed up, very nicely displayed. And the public came in, and during that week, about 3,000 people voted on their top three, which is how come you result in the, uh, the 13 that are chosen for the calendar, including the uh, cover and all beautiful shots. And it also includes a little bit about each uh, and every homeless person who features in it. Uh, m- most of them homeless, but a few no longer, but they've all been affected by homelessness. And we sell this calendar in the market for £10. And people from all over the world come round here uh, and buy it. I've had people from Oman, Venezuela, Faroe Islands, Kazakhstan, all in one day buying this calendar. And um, last year I did did quite well. I sold about a 1,000 of these calendars myself just in the... In the uh, yeah, for about a, th- three or four months that we're here. Do you so, do it just in Spitalfields? Um, mainly Spitalfields, but occasionally we get the odd um, corporate building where we go and sell uh, to, off- to to clients in firms like Mindshare. Yeah. We sell for Mindshare. Is there anywhere else in London where they sell it like you're selling here on the stall? So, oh, St James's, uh, which is in Piccadilly, which is uh, where I'll probably be going next week. I did sell there last year for a couple of gigs, but. Uh, didn't prove too successful it was chucking it down and it wasn't the same as in here oh, nice and dry where you are yeah but because i was one of the best sellers i tend to get some of the best uh, opportune times to sell it yeah good and we started early this year middle of um, october and we're doing okay we're doing okay a few bob doing it um i wouldn't say it does keep me off the street but at least it gives me a bit of autonomy just to help towards yeah yeah you know just uh, i do i do have actually a bank account i put it in there to save for this rainy Excellent. day which always comes along but it, it, I just like coming out and selling. I like the buzz of, of um, you know, encounters with the public and selling because I, I do enjoy that sort of thing. I've, I've done it for many years before I sort of finished up uh, homeless. So um, I, I enjoy coming out every morning. I, I, I do a round trip of about eight miles. I walk from King's Cross to here and back at least three, four times a week. Last year I was doing it six times a week come Christmas. Uh, so um, I'm really geared up for this and lots of adrenaline bubbling and... I like getting on with it and trying to sell. And so far today, I've sold 14. Good on you. Well done. Okay. Paul, I'll just have a word with you a sec. Yeah. Um, I didn't mention there with Richard, but you can also buy online. Yeah, you can um, buy it off our website now. Um, originally, we we sold it on Kickstarter because we do a crowdfunding every year. Yeah. And that's how we actually got known around the world. You know, it went viral three yeah. years ago. Yeah. And so that's when we all these people contacted us from other cities and so we're helping there's about five other cities that do it um, you know Budapest Sydney New Orleans Toronto um, and now Brighton and Hove um, Brighton and Hove one here oh cool so um, that was because we were on Kickstarter and then we got covered by the media and then all these people contacted us so we helped them do their own project um, mainly by connecting them with Fujifilm who give them 100 cameras the the quick snap, you know, yeah, disposable yeah. camera, and we give them the free graphic design. But then they've got to do coordinate their own printing of their calendar. You know, they've got to pay for that. But they can easily pay for that if they start selling it with people who are homeless. Yeah. Um, and the general rule is just like the big issue: um, they get five pounds, and we get five pounds. Excellent. So it helps pay. And on, for the on each on each photograph that's featured, it's it names the. That's the right. guy who took the photograph, and there's yeah. a little bit about about them and, and their yeah. association with that photograph. That's right. And if they want to talk about their experience of being homeless, um, they can. Um, but we try and make it um, a little bit, you know, not completely depressing if they've had a, a hard time. Well, they can say that if they want to. But always we talk about what they're trying to do. You know, yeah, yeah. usually we meet people through other homeless organisations. So they're already on the way. You know, they, we meet them in day centres um, or in hostels and tell them about the project. Um, when we give out the cameras, we don't just go around giving them out to people who are sitting on the pavement. You yeah, know. Yeah. Um, we go to the art groups run by the homeless organisation. So people 
um, have got to want to come and pick up a camera and they have to come to the one spot. So they have to come to, in London at St Paul's Cathedral. And um, so about 20% of our photographers are sleeping rough. The rest of them have been rehoused or in hostels. Um, you know, the step, once you, you've got out of, off the street, it doesn't end just straight away. Um, people have to, it takes years to get over the trauma of being homeless. Yeah. So um, this is a way that people can actually earn a bit of extra money. Um, and get some skills so with the cameras they get photography skills and we also have a photography group after with, with digital yeah, cameras yeah. but also with the selling they get to use uh, to meet people they get to use uh, this year okay this is the bigger innovation this year <laughs> we we've had we've had the cardless payment uh, that the touch card you know yeah, yeah. for about three years but this year we decided everybody's got to do it themselves, yeah. and it's really good yeah, because good. that means I can walk away like yeah, I've just been yeah. away, and and Richard can manage it himself. And he did, he he had a phobia about phones; he doesn't even oh, have wow. one. So the great thing is he's learning how to um, feel comfortable with a with a with a phone and with this uh, card reader. Yeah, good. Uh, and the money goes straight through to our account, and then we'll pay him five pounds for every. Ten pound yeah, So they can get you at Spitalfields, Spitalfields, St James's, St James's Piccadilly. Um, it's it, it's in front of the church, St yeah. James Church. Yeah. And for those that aren't in and around London, yeah, um, on our website, uh, which is www.cafeart.org.uk. Good. So you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram, Cafe and there, Art UK. And there are ten pounds for the calendar. Is there any yeah. postage fees? Postage is four pounds. Okay. And they come in this envelope here. Excellent. Um, so we used to wrap the calendars in plastic. We decided we'd go plastic free because last Good. year we, we trialed it out, and it was popular. But there's a cardboard envelope. Um, Excellent. Paper bags here if they buy them in the in, in the market. So it's a win-win for everyone involved. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a very simple... Next year we're going to trial a new size. We're going to do desktop ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, but predominantly or...? Both. We're going to do both because uh, if you... Then we can see which is the most popular. Yeah. And will it still have the yeah, it'll photograph be the image? It'll be the same, but just a different format. Yeah, good. Because, uh, you know... The thing about calendars is that people say, oh, you can have a calendar on your iPhone or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's true. But the thing about this is they make a very good gift. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also, um, if you're in a family, you know, you can actually plan what the whole yeah. family's yeah, doing. Yeah, we do. We do. You know? So, um, it, you know, they've been selling really well. So, good. Uh, you know. All right, so do you want to just give the website address once again for yeah. those that aren't okay. in and around London? It's www.cafeart one word dot org dot uk excellent yeah. thank you thanks right. okay well now put me money where my mouth is and get one myself there you go paul and richard from cafe art short and sweet but straight to the point so if you're yet to buy your 2019 calendar just go to www.cafeart.org.uk 10 pound plus postage the money you give does have a direct impact to the source where it's meant to go. And they really are a good quality product. And if you're in East London itself and passing by Spitfields, go and buy one personally. Even if you've already got a calendar for next year, just hit them up on social media just to say hello and show a little support that way. And as you're also well aware, this time of the year for homeless people is a bloody killer. So if you do walk past a homeless person when you're walking through your town centre and you feel safe to do so, rather than give them a, a pound or two, go and get them a cup of coffee. And if you're able, a sandwich or a hot sausage roll. Ask them their name and refer to them by name as you leave because believe me, that will warm them up inside as much as that cup of coffee you've just given them. But for now, come with me into the home of artist and ex-rough sleeper Geraldine Crimmins. This morning I'm in the home of Geraldine Crimmins. Geraldine is associated with Cafe Art who were featured in episode number five with James Gray. Hi, I'm talking. Geraldine Crimmins. I'm currently uh, an artist. I went self-employed last November. But my background is I, I've had a very checkered life. 
I've been a therapist, businesswoman, and quite successful. And then I've had two episodes of drug addiction, one in my mid-20s, and I recovered after about three years, got treatment, stayed clean for eight years. In that eight years, it was very successful. I had my own house. I was director of a secondary care unit, a halfway house. And then when I relapsed when I was 38, um, within 18 months, I was living on the streets. I was a rough sleeper. I lost everything. My reputation. So if, if that was the start of your story, if we just miss out the middle for a moment, yeah. the end of your story to pretty much present is that you work with Cafe Art, which is how I come to be in contact with you. Um, James Gray was artist in residence at Old Diorama. When he finished his residency, you took over from they there. They invited me to go in and take a residency right, so there. Because I, I deal with Cafe Art, that's how I got in touch with you. James was in the last exhibition um, of Face Value. For, he was in Face Value 2. And I've invited you onto Face Value 3, which you've um, gladly agreed. So, I've got seven questions that I ask each artist. The first being... How would you explain what you do to someone that didn't know your work? Um, what I do is, I was drawn to portraiture first. And I wanted to develop, I wanted to get a skill, I wanted to be able to make an image that was you could recognise. And how long, when, when did you... I started yourself? painting in prison. Got you. Which was what year roughly? Um, it was roughly ten years ago. Got you. So, and I, I started painting there and I did a little nude. And I went into the prisoner's art exhibition. And the tutor came back to me and she said, do you know six people want to buy that painting? She said, it's sold. And I was absolutely yeah, gobsmacked. Yeah. And I thought, wow, maybe I should follow this through. And th I got, I sold that and I got two commissions. So that gave me that I got an appetite for it. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, this is great because it's such a buzz when someone buys. Even today, of 10 course. years later, when yeah. someone buys my painting, I do a little dance, you know. <laughs> it's such a buzz. So... And then I started, I'd love to, I'd, I started painting there a bit because I was very depressed yeah. and I was quite sick in prison. I'd have tried to see. So, and then when I came out, I just thought I'm going to follow this through and I started doing art classes. Yeah. So I was unaware that you'd been in prison. I only knew you from a homeless aspect. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until very recently that I discovered you were in prison and it wasn't until half an hour ago that I discovered what you was in prison for. Yeah. So, if you don't mind, you don't have to, but would you be able to tell us about how you ended up in prison? Well, basically, because um, I relapsed and I was 10 years, no one could talk, I mean, the first time, my parents talked me out and I got treatment and I stayed clean for eight years. Second time, no one. Was so, this in England? Cause I yeah, in England. You, I was in prison. You grew uh, up in Dublin. Yeah. And then uh, I was... I've been living in England since I was 17. Okay. So so anyway, I basically, I was an addict for 10 years at this stage. I've been homeless. I was now in housing association. And my legs, I was crippled with leg ulcers. And someone offered me to take um, some drugs. And I got nicked. So I ended up, I got a four-year sentence. And, that's, and when I got in there, I had an epiphany in there. And I read this book called The Seven R's of the Enlightened Soul. Because I used to be a very spiritual person, remember? Mm. I used to be a therapist and a meditator. And, and uh, I read the book. And it was all the spirituality I'd, I'd, I had known about. But it condensed it into this little book. It yeah. was like, you know when you get that ah moment? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, the book was yeah. called. And I just thought, God, I've got to take responsibility. I was so bitter about issues around my family. Yeah. And, I mean, I was still a therapist, but you still have your own of course, journey yeah, to your think. Own baggage. So that's actually, I've been punishing myself for nearly 10 years. So I just thought, no, I'm going to stay clean now. I need to take responsibility for my own anger. And I never used since. Good. Excellent. Good story. Yeah, so I always get a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so that was that. And that was so, I mean, I could have ended up using in there and that. So I didn't. And I stayed clean and... Actually, once I made that decision, it wasn't hard. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I was 50 years of age. Yeah. You know, I was getting on a bit now. <laughs> I'd that's, lost that's everything. It's slightly age, 50. <laughs> but I'd lost it. everything. I'd no home. I used to have my own, my own house. I had my two businesses, my reputation. I'd yeah. lost everything. So. Are you all right to carry on? Or you... Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I always get a bit that's all right. 
Yeah, I don't want to push it anywhere. No, 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 so it's always that sort of epiphany moment. It was such a huge turning point. I'm a very emotional person. (laughs) If if you want to stop it, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. When you was in prison and you'd done your first nude painting that sold, what happened after that? I continued on. I I got paints. I got a grant from the prisoners' trust for fifty quid for some paints. And um, because it was a new thing in this prison, they hadn't had art before. Acrylics, I presume. Yeah, acrylics. And we only because weren't allowed, allowed to thinners. You and... weren't allowed thinners and all that. So then I just, I used to paint a bit in my cell. I mean, I'd love to, I was just so depressed in there. I found it very hard. But there was another exhibition in the next year. And I saw, I did a big nude, charcoal nude. And I did, and I was just, I was thinking of selling now. But also I wanted to, I didn't want to put that in there and embarrass yeah. me. And I did this sort of, um, was you drawing from life not necessarily the nude but the faces no, no, I just from get, the guys in there no no I wouldn't um, I did actually did a commission for someone but I, I didn't really want to sell it because it wasn't good enough yeah, I mean I was just and um, it was also quite dangerous to go to the art class sometimes because if I've fallen out with some of the women in there there's yeah. some violent, very violent women I wouldn't go into the art class if I thought so and so was going yeah, you know yeah. what I mean it wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't all nice painty painty mm. in the cells believe me so um, I, I sold two paintings at the next exhibition. Nice. So I was chuffed, absolutely chuffed. So that was that really made me, that gave me that extra, you know. You, you worked with acrylic then. Do you still work with acrylic now? No, I started in oil straight away. Well, as soon as you was released? Yeah, I went, I went, to, went to a life drawing class with charcoal. I, honestly, I felt so out of my depth because they were so good. And I used to just, the way I kept myself, I thought, well... That elbow, I got that elbow right, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but in yeah. fact, my stuff was okay, but, I just, you know, considering... Nothing wrong with a bit of self-criticism, so, but some of the, But it, uh, there were some great artists in the class, which was fantastic to learn from. Yeah. Because somebody gave me a tip, they say, always work with people who are better than you. Exactly. Good and idea. then you upped your game, you know, so that was great. And then I just used to go there just for something to do. And I was helping my friend, he was, I was a care helping my friend he was dying so you know just gave me something to do and yeah. also I had to do hep C treatment and it took me a long time to get physically well so you still do portraiture now I do a bit of, yeah I've and just sold a nice big portrait yeah I mean I've, I'm, I've looked at a couple of your portraits some from when you first started up until the present day you can yeah. see the the change in your style from yeah then. there's uh, two portraits in particular there's a a nude on the wall here which is quite it's quite a washed out style that you've got and you, you put texture over the top of the nude as well. Yeah. I'll take a photo of that one after yeah, so that people can do. hear what we're talking yeah. about. So we're looking at a nude of a female. She's leaning over on her left arm. Um, and it's like... And a, you've got green texture going across the paint. It looks like a veil. Yeah. And as if you're looking for a curtain. It's The background's inspired by Gauguin. You can see that. See, so... And then I've developed that style myself with, um, it's a roller technique with different colours and you have to be careful because you can lose the painting with it, you know, because you can see by the face, I, I messed it up there, but it's actually, you just work with the mistakes. They're not, they're hard to photograph because of the gold and yeah, it reflects yeah. back, but it's, you know, it looks good. So where did that style come from? Or how did you get to that style? Because that's, that's obviously that's your present style. from frustration. Oh, excellent, excellent. <laughs> I was doing this, um, I was offered an exhibition and it was like, I had really short notice and I didn't have enough work. But I had loads of stuff I'd done in class, you know, because I go to Hampstead School of Art and really, you know, traditional stuff. I, was, um, I found it really boring. Yeah. But I think you do, it's like going to the gym, you have to do your reps to get your muscles, yeah. you know what I mean? So you have to go and learn these techniques. And I found it like pulling teeth, but I was learning stuff. And I just got the roller out with different colours on it and I smashed them up and it worked. And I've done it on a few, I do bits of it. a happy, a happy mistake. Or, or sometimes happy... I haven't got the technique, like a yeah. guy's muscly back. Yeah. I hadn't got the technique it's, it's to do it. It's quite a brave thing to do because once you've spent all the time doing the portrait. You can lose it. You, have, you can you lose, might lose it, with, it. Yeah. With, with the roller going across yeah. with yeah. pretty much one brushstroke. Yeah. So it's learning how to use the roller, and I have nearly lost it, but I just take it back and work through it. Yeah, so I've done a few. I've sold a few things like this now. So where I'm do really you get pleased. The, the model from the, the, the she, I modelled Jackie. I've done oh, that loads is a, that of is a, same girl. Good. The same girl as uh, I've given you. I've done about six, or seven of Jackie. 
because A, she's really nice. She's a student. She models at the college and she lets me take photographs. Good. And um, I've often been asked by other people, can I have a copy of that? And I never, because it's between me and her. She's, yeah. I've offered her limited edition prints if she wants, but um, she's gone off the grid now. I don't know where she is. Oh. But um, she's a really good model and she's just got a fantastic body. And I just like painting her, but I can't, I've done too many of her now. I need to find another one. <laughs> well, I've asked, when was your first interest in art? So when that... I was at school and I did A level, like oh, you did? Irish equivalent of A level. And uh, I, would, I had a hangover when I was doing my exam. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't get an honour, I got a pass. It's oh, called a red well, honour. In whatever. Ireland, it's called a red honour. You get a pass in an honours paper because yeah. there's two levels. You take the higher paper. And I only got a pass, but you know. And did you do anything creative after that? Or was that no, did you go I did straight drama. To... I did drama when I was in my 20s just as a way for sales and my business and yeah. that. And someone offered me a place in a drama course and I enjoyed it, but I never had that. In those days, you had to go to rep and to get an equity card. It was very difficult. Yeah. And I was had it my own. You know, I mean, it was something I liked, enjoyed doing. It was a hobby more mm. than... It, the second half of the question too, when, when was your first interest in art? The second half of it is, who was your most influential artist? I love Matthew Smith. So what attracted you to the work of it's Matthew colour. Smith? It's the colour. I'm a fauvist. Fauvism is all about colour. Yeah, that was always me. Yeah. That was my starting point. Yeah. So that's what attracted me, and he was the, um, you know, Freud was the main one in in this century. You know what I mean? Lately, yeah. he's just died, but before Freud, Matthew Smith was the main guy, and he has got stuff in the portrait gallery in that. But uh, he's he's not like as well known. And then I love Matisse, and I like um, Egon Schiele. Yeah, yeah. Is it? You know, I love Egon Schiele. I love his line. You've said that you got into art in prison, when did you realise that that's what you wanted to do? I thought, you see, because my health is not great, and I was on sickness for, you know, because I've got emphysema and I had hep C and all that, so I got rid of the hep C and then I ended up with emphysema. I thought when I got rid yeah. of my hep C, I'd be able to go back to work. And then I found You're not one of the luckiest people uh, about, are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not with the health, because I've had tuberculosis as well, yeah. you see, so that's, I've had tuberculosis when I was using and that came back to haunt me then. Yeah. And so, so then I found that, and I found I get tired really easily, but I can still do a bit, and I'm and I'm skilled. I've got you know I've run businesses, I've had my own business, and I'm a therapist. So I just thought I'm going to be an amateur artist. So that was really where I was coming from, and was it, it gave me something to do. Did you have that idea while you was in, or when you got out? No, when I was in, I thought I'd be an I'd be an art, you know, an amateur. Give me something to do when I because yeah. I'm very. Give you a focus. Well, I mean, I've had, I'm used to running businesses with 10 guys working for me. I'm that sort of person. Yeah. I need to have... I don't need to be making money, but I need to be working yeah, well, or have some And project. obviously you've got an addictive nature, so you're giving yourself another addiction, a clean addiction. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a positive yeah. um, obsession. So I thought this would give me something to focus on in my life because I wasn't... I thought, and I'll do some voluntary work to help people because I wanted to give back to society mm. because I've just been such a drain on society for 10 years yeah, yeah, I, I wanted see. to give a, I'd give something back and also I had a lot of skill and I enjoy I love empowering women yeah. I used to work with female eating disorders mainly women and I used to do a lot of addiction work as well so I love empowering people you know so that to me that's a buzz yeah. when you see someone help themselves I don't help people I help them to help themselves I um, don't do tea and sympathy. I'm quite pushy. But um, I used to get results as a therapist. That's why I had a very successful practice because people would, ref you know, people would see the results and, you know, people say, well, who are you seeing? Yeah. You know, yeah, they'd yeah, go yeah. see Geraldine Crimmins. So, um, and then it just, I went to cafe. I went to Crisis to volunteer at Christmas and then I noticed they had Crisis Skylight and I thought, oh, I'd love to go and volunteer there and help yeah, in the art yeah. room. And I went and talked to a woman at crisis and she said, actually, do you know you're eligible? Because I wasn't out of prison that long. And she said, you're eligible because you've nearly lost your home. If you've nearly lost your home, that's the same thing. And um, I was paying off arrears as well. So, because my family kept on the flat for me. Because luckily I found out that when I was in prison that if you pay the rent, they can't. My housing association couldn't evict me Good. if once my family paid the yeah. So I got a, um, an, a distant uncle and he sorted out for me, felt sorry for me. So um, so then um, I went to, and she said, well, actually, you can join. So I said, can I? 
because I didn't, I mean, all the funding had gone in my area. Mm. You know, it used to be about, when I came out, it was £25 a term to do a life drawing class if you were on benefits. Yeah. Now, then it was like 200 quid, 300 I couldn't afford that. Yeah. So I went to crisis and I kept asking them to be a volunteer and then I would started doing art classes with crisis. And then somebody at crisis said, why don't you go and see, I had one of my paintings in an exhibition. I'd, the Morley College were running um, classes at Skylight in Bermondsey. So I got in there and I did two terms. And it was really, uh, it was a fantastic place. But it's been closed down now because yeah, they yeah. sold it. But I learned a lot there. And then I was introduced to Cafe Art. So I went to them as a volunteer. Yeah. And because of my business background, I saw that they were selling calendars. And I, I looked at the stall and I went, there could be improvements here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, because yeah, yeah. they weren't business people. Yeah. So I used to advise them on the stall and I took part in the photography competition. And two years ago, I got a, a, a photo in, which was great. Because mm. the more I was learning art, you know, and then I, um, then they arranged for me to go and have some art classes at Hampstead School of Art. And then I, I moved here and then my local art class down the road, because I was on benefits, I was able to do a BTEC 1, yeah, a BTEC 2 free, yeah. and then I did a BTEC 3, because I was just an amateur artist. I never yeah. thought I'd be professional. And then I won the Festival of Learning. First of all, I won Student of the Year there, not really for my artwork, but, but because I was doing volunteer work, you know, because of yeah. my story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was great. I had 10,000 students, they asked, they gave it to me. And then the next year, they put me up for Festival of Learning, which is Adult Learners Week. Yeah. It's all over England. Okay. So I won the London region. And that was a great buzz. They oh, never cool. had anybody win anything yeah. there. So they were really so that was really good for my self esteem and it, I thought it, I didn't really see it as my artwork, I saw this because it was my voluntary work really. And then I kept been off and then I'm um I won a few competitions. Oh wow. And you know, so I won a competition. I helped set up an art competition with Cafe Art because I saw the money. They were going to give the money to the art groups of the homeless. And I said, do something creative with the money. Yeah. Don't just give it out in vouchers because they get swapped for drugs. Yeah. You know, because St. Mungo's wanted me to do something. And I said, do you want me to get you some art materials? And they said, we have a budget for that. Yeah. So I was just, this is where my business head comes in with Cafe Art. I just say, look, so we I set up an art competition and the Hampstead School of Art did the, did, um, Isabel Langley, she's, and um, Jimmy Leck from Gemini Arts, and then Simon Richardson from St. Mungo's. He's an art therapist at St. Mungo's. So they judged it, and we had loads of entries, and we just got the next one coming up now, and we just got an extra load of funding for it. So I didn't get, I didn't win, but I just, I didn't, you know, I'm not involved in the, I just yeah. said, use the money to do that. So that's where my input being with Cafe Art is to try and, make a platform. I mean, I wasn't even self-employed at the time. I just said it would be really good for people's self-esteem because my whole thing is to get people out of the homeless projects and back into yeah, society. Yeah. And I've, I don't know if this is, but I've just got funding now to run a mentoring group. I've been doing it unofficially for a year, helping people. One guy I found a crisis. I just saw the talent, got him into my old college, got him an interview and they took him on and he got a distinction from the college and then Camberwell School of Art accepted him and so did Wimbledon. Oh, I mean, people would give their eye teeth for those yeah, two admissions and they just took him on and he's there now. Good. So um, that was, you know, that's my, I'd like to spot talent and direct it. Yeah. And, um, and then I got a, an email sent out to all the homeless groups. So with my old college and then seven people took their BTEC one from crisis in Brent. Nice. So that was good. So they've yeah. taken them in. So and then another girl um, has got in. She's done her BTEC two, got it, won the award at the college out of mm. everyone, and now she's on her BTEC three. Yeah. See, so I was doing that as voluntary. And That's, these, this is all people who are either homeless or vulnerably housed. Yeah, yeah. All ex-homeless are homeless. Yeah. So and now then I met someone at Oath. Do you know who Oath is? No. Oath, you know Yahoo, Huffington yeah. Post, yeah, 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 and AOL. They um, have rebranded under Oath. Oh, yeah. So okay. it's still, they're still the same projects, but they're all under Oath, right? So a woman saw me on Channel 4, because the big issue feature my work a lot. They're really supportive of me, the big issue. And I've sold quite a few things, and I've, it's opened doors for me, Excellent. the big issue. It's yeah. been amazing. So they, 
this woman saw my painting and my profile that I'd gone self-employed. I was 60 and I'd become self-employed after 10 years on sickness benefit and all that. So, um, and I had my first exhibition at Shine up in Harringay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Channel 4 came along, interviewed me. So this woman saw it and she came to see me and she bought two paintings. She tracked me down. At the time, I didn't even have a website. So, um, she said to me, can I help you? And I said, well, you could help the calendar, Cafe Art. Mm. And then when I went to see her, I just met David Tovey, who's a great friend of mine. He just got funding from Unlimited. And I thought, hang on. And I knew he was funded by British Land. So I just said to her, I said, do you do funding for people? Yeah. She said, well, Geraldine, I've just been moved into the charity section, actually. Because she's from Ireland. Yeah. I think I remind, I don't know. She has an affinity with me. She really yeah. liked me. And yeah. I, we got on great. So I pitched for, I thought, right. She said, put your, your project. I said, can I do something through Cafe Art? And she said, have a go. She said, they give out about 18,000, I think is the most you can apply for. Yeah. And they give money all over the world, Africa, every, you know. And yeah. they, I think they mainly give it to women. So I pitched to run a mentoring group for next year for the home, for anyone who's, you know, on the, our project, all the homeless projects. And I wanted to, so we just pitched for a load of money. Anyway, we, we got a small bit of funding. We didn't get the main thing, but it's enough for me to run a pilot. Yeah. So I'll probably run about seven or eight artists. Already got... Excellent. I just got someone an exhibition at Outpost. Nice. I got the I bought the frames for him. You know, so we had, he needed like thirty frames, no forty frames. Yeah. So we paid for that. You see, he'd never been able to do it. And also, I pitched because of my contacts. Now I've got lots of contacts. I went into Outpost to ask the lady, did she need anything? Because they're very supportive Outpost, aren't they? Uh, but yeah, they're great. So I was, and just before I said it, she said to me, Jared, do you know anyone? I need someone for Christmas." So we were literally snap. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It was and scratching I, each other's back. And I put uh, Michael Crossway in, and I'll be mentoring him this year. So he's and so it was. I literally hadn't. I was only think I was going to start next month, and I just, so I arranged all that and helped him out with the lent him a phone. He's doing social media. You know, I basically I'm mentoring him. So you mentioned that now you're self-employed. What does that entail, rather? Well, basically, I'm a, I'm a painter. I do a bit of photography, but I'm mainly a painter. And I do, I sell the calendars now for Cafe Art because yeah. I work on their stall for, um, for six weeks a year, just at the weekends. And I make a bit of ca uh, extra money doing selling the calendars. And that helps me out through the year. It's like seasonal work. Yeah, of course. So I just do that. I concentrate on that. And then um, I do, I've now got a license to sell a Bayswater Road art market. Nice. So that's taken a few months to get together. So I, I've sold one. I've only been there a few times, and I sold a piece, and a lady was put it into a Netflix film. Nice. So it's you don't sell there every week because there's so many artists, yeah. but it's just nice to go down. It's 15 minutes away from here, and I can go down. I can do all my work in the car and yeah. show my work, and it's just, you know there's a lot of artists there for years, so that'll be a really good platform for me. I won't have to worry about exhibitions and because I haven't started selling online. You've lived yet. on the streets, and you Well, I used to be streets. a street trader. I used to sell. Um, pictures of London that's how I bought my house that's how I made my money in my 20s yeah. I was a street trader wow. so I used to have 10 guys working well, for me selling circle. pictures yeah well I just laughed when I ended up I said I'm on the streets again yeah. <laughs> bit streets more, of London yeah, have a bit more real... credible this time yeah which piece that you've created do you hold most dear um I it's sold to it's I think Jackie number one it's it's the photograph of me on my back of my this piece here. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's a print of it. It's that size. It's the same as that. Yeah. But um, and I've done. I've developed. I've done a triptych, and I've sold two of them. And so that's yeah. And I just think that's the most beautiful thing I've produced. And where is the original? It's so, in down in Dorset. Yeah. Did you regret selling it, or do you regret selling it? No, no. Well, two it? women wanted to buy it that I knew. No. Nice. One was my friend, and one was um, a woman who mentors me, and she said, "Oh, and." So then when my Even friend one's heard, gonna make a good home, isn't well, it? Well, when my friend heard that someone else was going to buy it, she, she ran her husband. And then the other lady rang me a four. She said, I want the painting. And I said, I'm sorry, it's sold. So that was, a, you know, I'm sad to think they're both people I know very well. But um, And is the mother in that the same? Yeah, it's Jackie. I've Jackie. done a triptych three. Of her, and I sold the other one to an, another Irish lady um, at Spitalfields Art Market uh, last month. Excellent. <clears throat> Inspiration. 
Where do you go for inspiration or where do you find it? I started to do, um, I, I, I want to start doing abstracts because I didn't think I'd any imagination. Mm. So, but I, I've, <coughs> so I want to, I do Irish landscapes inspire me yeah. and I've done a f quite a few of them. One of them got into the Royal, the Art Society magazine. It was in the big issue and they saw it. Yeah. And that was Sandy Mount Bay over there, the one there. That's oh yeah, West yeah. Cork. I saw that in the big issue. No, was it in the big issue? And I really no, it was. It was the big issue. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you see, because I was really ill this summer. I mean, I'm still quite ill, but I couldn't concentrate at the time because I, I had I had an episode. I was depressed. Yeah. I couldn't do this sort of work because you need a lot of concentration to do that. Yeah. So I got a palette knife out, and I just and that's what came out. So I was delighted with it. So I thought, I think I'm going to go down that road a bit more. I'm going to work. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, another... Yeah, it's anything that makes you... I mean, I love your portraiture. Mm. But this is also... This sells portraits. It's very hard to sell portraiture. Yeah. But it's very hard to sell portraits, even though I'm drawn to... I'm learning how to abstract them, though, yeah. to make them more decorative, I suppose. Yeah. Well, there's an abstract... The, the card you just give me, it's showing me the That was the first the thing I portrait. did, a crisis. Yeah. That's a, yeah. like a sort of... That's abstract. made with rags and bits of yeah. paper, and it's well, it's a fragmented, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's putting me back together. Again. Yeah, yeah. So, where is it you go for inspiration, or, or where you find it? Um, I find it. Um, I know you said you mentioned that you do meditation. I do. I do mindfulness. Yeah. Uh, I get inspiration through. Well, basically, I I used the internet before. I used to do it with art books. Yeah. But now I use the internet. Instagram is great, and I. There's a site called Irish Landscape Views. I get, I am. Um, I just, I just got scoured the internet for views. Of um, and I also there's sometimes you see these beautiful landscapes, but they don't really make a good painting because yeah. they haven't got the, they they you know like well, that. That's just fit works. your criteria, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. So you're just thinking, will that work on a piece? And mm. that's learning. That's that's. Would you be tempted to do it from life? I'm not the sort to go out and sit in the street. And I've been invited to go out, but I'm a bit shy. I just I don't like people sitting watching me paint. Oh, it's only at the moment. It may yeah, yeah. I've done it at the, thing, at the National it? Gallery. I had to sit and paint in my class. I had to go there. There's more kids coming yeah. up saying, "Mummy, look at what the lady's painting." Because nobody nobody knows that you're not confident when they not like a stranger. Yeah, a stranger. I'm very, I, come, I am very confident, but I'm also a bit shy as well. Well, even if you don't come across, even if you're not speaking, if a stranger comes up behind you. They're only looking at what you're looking at yeah. and comparing it in their own head. Yeah. So they're not to know that shy, oh, not shy, but not confident as yeah. as an artist. Well, you see, because I I make I'm very slapdash. Yeah. I'm not one of these people that do a little bit and then I'm very slapdash. I make a lot of, and that's why I like oils because I make a lot of mistakes and I work back into it. So it's I am used to working now in a class, you yeah. know, with fifteen people and people coming around looking at your work and sometimes you're going through. You know, I'm used to that now. But in the beginning, go, I found that very difficult. Do you go to galleries much? Yeah, I do go to a lot of galleries. I, not so much now, because I haven't got much time at the moment. But um, especially when I was on sickness benefit, I would go, you know, that would be one of the things that take myself out yeah. of the day and do things. Because it's horrible, you know, I, I didn't have a job. I don't really work well if I've nothing to do. Yeah, and I suppose with the emphysema, you can't go walking about too much. Can I can you? do, I can, you know, I can do two or three hours in the morning, but then by, I, then if I, I'm like a battery that runs down. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And then I have to come home, recharge, and then go out again. Yeah. But. Well, you mentioned a couple of artists earlier. One of the questions is, if there's you and five artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? With me in it, or... So if you could show alongside five other artists, living or past. Nicholas de Sau, I've suddenly got into him. He's the, uh, now I'm studying abstract. I'm just so in love with him. Nicholas de Sau, Matisse, uh, e Egon Sheila, um, Matthew Smith, and who else did I pick out? Would it be Gauguin, maybe? Maybe Gauguin. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. you can see all of them. In, yeah, in, yeah. I'm sitting in your front room, and I can see all of the names that you've mm. just mentioned. Yeah, they're, they're my five top, top, yeah. top, top. I mean, there's loads of artists I just Of course. It's, it's a hard question yeah. to answer, really, but... 
Um, because some you admire for the technique, some you admire for, yeah. you know, their colour. And the last question on here, well, the last question I've got written down, is if you wasn't an artist, what would you like to be? Um, if I wasn't an artist, what I'm, I want to do now is I want to set up a charity for to help homeless artists do what I've done. You know, this is a pilot I'm going to run. I'm going to see am I happy running it? Yeah. And that's you know because I've been a, I've run a halfway house before. I enjoy helping people to help themselves, but I think I need. I'm glad now I've got this. I've been really fortunate to have been offered this up. I now have an opportunity. Someone's going to pay me to do it part time. Excellent. Just to, this year, and I'll see because there is no bridge from the homeless projects into um, mainstream, mainstream society. Yeah. And a crisis now have stopped people coming. They they threw loads of people out. I, that's not a good way to put it. They asked no. them to move yeah, on because yeah, yeah. they've been sitting in crisis. They, they have a college over in. They have colleges all around the place, and there've been people sitting there for six, ten years. They've been rehoused. They're on good benefits. They've been diagnosed, and they use it. It's fine. They use it as a support group. Yeah. But they they there's too many of them because yeah. I used to volunteer a crisis in the art room. As, as, as bad as it sounds, they're taking up space with someone who needs it exactly, more. Exactly, because there'd be so many, the old timers would be there and you have the new people coming in. Mm. You see, so they've, anyone now, two years after, two, if they're there longer than two years, they ask them to, if they hadn't been settled. If they yeah. were settled and they were there, go, so and I think that was a good, so they go to other, pro, 240 Project is yeah. fantastic. They've gone there now. But So I just want to help people to make that transition. Because I couldn't personally couldn't wait to get out of it. Yeah. Because I didn't want to get institutionalized in there. Yeah. Because I've I've found working with homeless, even though their situation doesn't change, while you're mentoring them or working with them, their state of mind changing through art. Yeah. Is a massive help. Mm. You know, if because you know, obviously you know you've been there yourself. Depression. Is is as hard as the wet when you're mm-hmm. homeless or, or alcoholism or, or drug use and if you can just help chip away at that depression you're sowing a seed and giving someone a different mindset exactly yeah that, j- just that different mindset they There's might something still to be, get up for in the morning exactly they may still be cold of a night mm. you know f- from from the night before but just having that little bit of mindset just yeah it opens up different opportunities uh, for people exactly and i mean the problem i'm working with a lot of homeless people you know, and they don't want to commit back into society. Yeah. And I respect that. Mm. These people were saying to me the other day, can't you give them counselling and help, we'll help? And I said, they've made a decision. Yeah. They don't want to take those responsibilities. At, it, at yeah. this, now, at mm. this time, I'm not going to ruin my relationship with them by trying to force my value system onto them. Exactly. They're intelligent, educated people. Mm. You know, we're not talking about drug, with no drug addiction issues. That's, they have made that choice. And you've got to, this is where, you know, I'm not yeah, they, some people do-gooder. just want to step out of society. Yeah, don't they want to live off grid. That's fine with me. Mm. But I can still help them make their life a bit better. Yeah. You know, give them opportunities for work. So they can, I mean, they're all good grafters, they'll work. You know, mm. they just don't want to be conform to this. Yeah. So, and that's fine. So I just think you need to have a certain amount, because there's a lot of do gooders yeah. out there. And I just think sometimes they don't help people really in the long mm. run. You know, you want. And it's I, as if some people I met along the way. It's as if they're trying to help themselves, yeah, rather than than help others. And and that is a very very small amount of people. Yeah, yeah. Well, people, there's always yeah. people like that. I mean, even when I was a professional therapist, you, I mean, some of them, just a God Almighty, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like it's every profession has a small percentage of people that are not appropriate. Yeah, you know, you must it must be all everywhere and everything. There's always one or two in the office, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? And where are where are you now? Uh, you mentioned Hampstead. I, uh, I go to Hampstead School of Art on Wednesday morning, and I was doing. I'm going to be working with the Mary Ward Centre, and I'll be referring people there. That's a fantastic project. But I just haven't got the health. I had to give up all my class. You know, when I got sick this summer, with I had a pneumonia type infection, I had to give everything up. Oh, yeah. And I'm still. I've changed my life now, so that's why I work from home because yeah. I haven't got the. I'm quite limited in what I can do, but yeah. what I can do, I try and do something productive. Excellent. Have you got anything coming up? Well, what I have coming up is I've got the um, my in January. I'm going to be focusing on running this mentoring group, 
and then I'll just be painting from home and I'll be um, making some work to show on Battersea in the summer and Bayswater Road in the summer. Yeah. So that'll be and it'll that'll be quite. It's taken me twelve months to sort of get level. Yeah. You yeah. know, because I've had quite a few exhibitions this year and and it's been very it's you know very demanding and now hopefully I can just find a way that I'm not because having it it's a nervous breakdown. Yeah. yeah oh, after an exhibition, yeah, so. Yeah. And it's good. It's really pushed me to develop my work. And where can people see your work? Your website, social media. Yeah, Instagram. I mainly paint. Um, I haven't. I have a website, but I don't know how to use it yet. That's that's fine. <laughs> but most people. It's on there. All loads my of people on. now use Instagram as their website. That is my website. And Instagram. Yeah. What and is I'm your... at Bayswater Road, and I usually I usually put it online if I'm at Bayswater Road. And how can people find you on Instagram? What's your Instagram? Geraldine handle? underscore Crimmins. That's about it. That's great. That's fantastic. Good. Thank you very much. I think we covered everything. Yeah, I think so too. Well, how about that? Geraldine Crimmins. A dark past and a bright future. After this podcast, I told Geraldine that when her charity gets up and running, we go back and do a podcast directly for her charity. So it's beautiful to see Geraldine using her experiences to help others in the same situation. And as she said, she's down Spitalfields most weekends selling the cafe art calendar. So if you're in the area, pop down and see her and say hello. Next week's podcast isn't going to be a week long. It's going to be on for 10 days because the week would have finished on December the 24th being Christmas Eve, which isn't the best time to send a podcast out. So next week's podcast is going to be a little Christmas present for you. And what a Christmas present it is, because next week we're speaking to Matt Collishaw. So with Matt's one next week going through Christmas and the following one going through into the new year, I am definitely seeing 2018 out with a bang. And they are both podcasts not to be missed. As I say every week, if you want to ask me anything, get over onto social media, which is at sign Mizog Art, M-I-Z-O-G-A-R-T. If you want to see the full lineup of artists, go to www mizogart.com on that list you'll see a few new names one being Maeve Doyle the other being Benjamin Murphy who has got his own podcast coming out in the new year I was talking to him just last week I didn't ask the exact date but if you go over onto his Instagram you should be able to find out for yourself there so goodbye for now until next week ta-da How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.